0: <laughs> yeah, it, it would be great, but it is not to be. Welcome to Noclip, I'm Chad
1: I'm JJRT and I'm Andy Canning.
0: And today, we're going to be talking about Near Automata, uh, which was developed by Platinum Games, published by Square Enix, and was released in 2017. Uh, Near Automata is a hack-and-slash, beat 'em bullet-hell, side-scroller, text-adventure... Uh, galaga style shoot 'em up game
1: you forgot action rpg action rpg
0: <laughs> <laughs> you also forgot by far the most important uh qualifier which is an anime it is an anime it is an anime yeah as i believe as we just loaded my save file you may have noticed that my it was titled robot anime girl <laughs> uh so I'm hoping somebody eventually saw that on like a corpse somewhere and and, and pulled that up. And had the had a robot anime girl fight with them. Mm-hmm. Um, this game has a lot of corpses. Sure. <laughs> uh I mean none of them of people, so I mean that's at least good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is it really a corpse if it's not a human being? That seems like a question that near
0: Automata would have posed to us. That seems like a times. question that would be central to this <laughs> game's uh plot. However, uh I don't think it was ever asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I do want I kind of want to uh, just go ahead and like endorse listening to another episode of our podcast, um which was the Bayonet episode. Uh, The last time that we talked about a Platinum Games game. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking about how that game has this issue with uh, its, like, schizophrenic differences in kind, Mm -hmm. where it just sort of (laughs) threw new shit at you all the time just to, like, break up the... Well, it's... in that episode, we determined it was there to sort of break up the fun parts of the game <laughs> with unfun, underdeveloped parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game not only solves that problem, but I am comfortable in saying this is likely Platinum Games' like masterpiece, Ooh. and will. Pr- I cannot imagine based on like how Platinum has developed games over the past ten years. I can't imagine them making another game that I would prefer to this one. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, I cannot... I just... I don't know. Like, something about it is just, uh... This game's real good. And I've been so <laughs> disinterested in everything else that they've ever made. <laughs> Our, and I assume, since what you just
2: said came from the mouth of one Chad Brotherman... You are talking about this game from a very
0: specific mechanical level. Oh, Helma Uh Really? Yeah, no. This game actually, by the... Okay, so by the third playthrough, the mechanics of this game kind of faded into the background, and I was way more interested in where the narrative was going, probably than any RPG I've ever played. Because <laughs> RPGs have a tendency to, like, I feel like their stories are kind of overwrought and... I don't know, there's a lot of kind of garbage going on a lot of the time that doesn't make a lot of sense or make me care about it. But Nier kept that through line, like, the fact that they have you play through the game twice before you get new stuff in the third playthrough gives so much context to the game that it was like you're always kind of thinking about what is happening and uh, the different perspectives mm-hmm. help sort of drive the intrigue. Oh, and yeah. so I felt like this was this was a very well-written game. And mechanically, honestly like by the end of it and I clearly should have played this on hard. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Uh, like by the end of the game I was just sort of like okay, like I'll just press some buttons for a little while before I get to the next thing that I'm actually interested in. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah.
2: Mechanically, by the end of this game, playing on the normal difficulty for me as well, this game sort of devolved into like a pseudo-Dynasty Warrior situation (laughs) in a way that I wasn't happy with. But I agree with you that the thing that actually keeps you engaged despite that Mm -hmm. is like, the tonal and thematic consistency of everything that's going on. And while I agree with you... Or inconsistency, (laughs) which is actually the cool part. (laughs) Yeah. That there's this, like, huge intrigue layer that's, like, really subtly put through for the most part. Right. uh, That's constantly referencing, like, the kind of terrifying themes that this game has. Uh, You can't deny that this game has a lot of hilarious bullshit. A lot of stuff where if you attempted to describe the narrative of this game like, from start to finish to your grandmother, there's absolutely no prayer that they would listen past, like, the first third when the alien invasion happens and then becomes irrelevant.
0: Well, technically speaking, the alien invasion happened, like, thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think... Okay, so while I agree with that statement largely, I think that the way that this game's narrative is structured, you could easily tell a story about this game's narrative to someone... And, like, that was a convincing length that you could, like, tell them was the full narrative of the game, where you leave out a lot of dumb things. Yes. And there's enough, like, of a, a, like, checkpoint-to-checkpoint narrative that could totally, like, sustain its own game in the middle of a bunch of kind of stupid stuff that occurs.
2: And that's what I'm trying to reference when I'm talking about this game's thematic consistency, is that a lot of what it's trying to do narratively is throw, like, they'll make a lot of excuses, essentially, for huge Platinum Games bullshit to happen <laughs> that makes no sense and is completely incomprehensible to anyone that's outside of, like, the, the vague anime tones. Like, if you're not willing to just accept that there's, like, a giant robot lizard monster that was right. created by aliens that are trying to not attack the moon, specifically, right? Uh, you're... You've got to let all of that bullshit fade into the background, because the like the point that they're trying to make, oftentimes, with that tone, is that all of this nonsense that's happening, despite how incredibly bombastic and ludicrous it's all trying to be in on, on, on terms of scale, is completely irrelevant to everyone involved, and like <laughs> none of it matters, and the game's aware of that. And it keeps trying to, like, reinforce to you through repetition of what you're doing and the slow degradation of the world, and a lot of ways, toning down of what happens between the Mm playthroughs, that all of the bombastic, crazy nonsense uh, is just completely irrelevant, and maybe everything's irrelevant. You're probably irrelevant.
0: (laughs) You know, Uh, well, there's some context given to your relevance uh, that you... Actually, I don't believe are privy to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andy, did you
1: <clears throat> finish uh, like the third playthrough and get endings? DNA? I did not. Okay, I ran out of time, but I watched Chad do it, so yeah. I feel like I've done it. <laughs> no, I've actually... already played the game too when I have times anyway. Yeah,
0: so. and that's why Twitch exists. <laughs> <Continue>. my, <laughs>
1: my question is.
0: Just like as a brief aside that we'll come back to. Yeah. uh, Did you play the second tower as 9S? Okay. That was, to me, like the hardest part of the game. And I I think we'll talk about that when we get to uh, talking about the hacking specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, after completing the game. uh, Four times. Uh, you have to beat the third part, you have to do the final boss battle a second time as the other character, and then, uh, you'll start the credits, and then the pods will come in, they'll interrupt the credits, and they'll be like, hey, uh, to each other, not to the player. They do talk to the player eventually, but, well, this is a long (laughs) and story fucking, like, fourth wall break and all that good shit. Um... Talking about how they have to uh, erase the data of, like, 9S and 2B and A2, 2A? I forget. I <laughs> it's A2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, how Pod 4-2 has, like, developed a... Well, in addition to the Pods, who are, like, supposed to be the the strictly, like, not sentient version of robots... Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the robot servants of other robots <laughs> have now developed a consciousness. Uh, 4-2 doesn't want to d- delete the data. And then the uh, 9S's pod, whose number I don't remember. 153. 153 is arguing with 4-2 that we have to delete the data. That's our, like, directive, whatever. Yorha's over. And uh, you, as the player, keep selecting, like, no, don't delete it. And then you fucking pop out uh, in the little hacking planchette. Who is you at this point? You are, I don't know, the... I think, I guess, Pod 4-2? I'm not <laughs> sure. But you're the little hacking planchette, the little arrow. Yeah. And uh, the credits start attacking you. And it's like a proper, like, 2D bullet hell where you have to destroy all the credits. <laughs> now, if you do destroy all the credits, you get to an ending, we, we can... We'll talk about this now because it's so irrelevant to, like, the rest of the discussion. I just want to get it out. Yeah. Uh, if you die a whole bunch to the credits, which you will because it's really fucking hard, uh, you... Eventually, like, the game will start asking you, if, like... Because the first one, it's like, do you want to continue? And you say yes. Or... It's like, do you want to not continue? They do. It's a little cheeky because <laughs> they want you to pick no. Okay. Uh, and so you pick no... And you keep playing, and then you die again, and the questions get more and more dire. They're like, is nothing worth it? Like, (laughs) give up here. Are games silly things? Do you, like, it goes, like, deeper and deeper, basically being like, is what you're doing meaningless? And if you say no to that enough times, then you connect to the internet, and a bunch of other people show up and become, like, a shield in, like, an even more traditional bullet hell, like, style, like, stream of lasers, <laughs> and you, like, demolish the rest of the credits, uh, and you get to the end, and then they basically pick up 2V and 9S's bodies and fly them to the location where they crash land after the tutorial, and they go, like, the repeating this over and over again is meaningless, uh, and they're like, well, you, you can find meaning, And it is up to them to, like, break the cycle or whatever. So they just, like, throw in, like, a... By the way, this is a cyclical... Soulsian situation going on here. But only after you beat the game five times. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then they ask if you want to delete all of your save data. And if you do, then you become one of the helper guys for somebody else later in the future. Like... Like when they're going through the credits? you're wondering? Yeah, you, like, if you choose to delete all of your save data, which it deletes your save data in all slots. Yeah. Uh, so you almost were unable to look at my save data because I was, like, debating whether or not to do this. Um, it clears everything, and then later, eventually, someone would be playing the game. And, like, you get little messages from the people who have done it, and that'll show up. And that if they choose to ask for help, then your ship can come in. Like, there's a chance that you will roll on in and become one of the helpers. Crazy. Yeah. Really, really crazy. Yeah, like, super crazy. God. What? But the narrative beat, that last little bit on that whole tangent I just went on, is the important thing for this (laughs) sketch. Indeed.
2: (laughs) Because
0: it it reveals that
2: the game's... Because by the end of the game, they were, even for people who didn't get that ending like me trying to forward that no matter how, like, irrelevant or in uh, inanimate, I guess, or not conscious any particular given network or machine is, that, like, eventually it's going to be a thing that will matter. Like, mm-hmm. even the most basic literal tools in this game eventually become things that get personified in some way. Right. Uh, whether it be, like, those pods... Or, like, a, a weapon literally becoming the thing that contains all of the memories of a person. Which um, I'm
0: so glad that they addressed that, because I remember reading we this... We talked
1: about it before that mm-hmm. we got to that point. Yeah, we
0: were. I was like, how did the story segments that come up for the weapons... Like, where is this... Who was the author of this? Like, where did this information come from? Yeah. And then, when B dies, she drops the sword and is just like... It has my memories in it Jed <laughs> <laughs> this is your explanation. here
1: you are. I'm like, thank you yeah because we were talking about it and it was like, why does this uh why do these weapons have like where's this data coming from? like I don't does my character know this mm-hmm. And I was like, well maybe like people like uh upload their consciousnesses like into the weapons or like copy their memories into it. And it like, turns out, swish. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> which Jeez.
0: as a, uh, a like a totally premature segue because we. I feel like this we've not ventured all the way down any of these paths yet.
2: Well, we got to so, accept we can't. Let's not do yeah. that. Yeah. Like,
0: this is a game
2: that was just like. Was uh, let's
0: name these. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: To, to speak to that, uh, the reason I've been mostly quiet is because. I feel like I have, like, incomplete thoughts on the narrative. Like, I haven't really digested it yet. Uh, but I find myself kind of feeling like this... I love a lot of the, like, what we've been talking about. Like, the themes and, like, the, uh... The cool, like, Kojima meta stuff. And, like, a lot of the stuff that they, like... Places they pushed the game and things that they did with it, um... On a creative level, but I found that, like, the actual narrative itself felt a little threadbare to me for most of the game until, like, the second, the end of the second playthrough. Mm. But, uh, we'll come back to that. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I think a way to tie all that
0: together, if you had a thing, by all means, I feel like we cut you off a little. I I think I'm, it's gone, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so as a way to sort of tie all that together, um... The way that Kojima makes games, right, (laughs) Yeah, is that he will put in stuff that's, like, a meta or a fourth wall break or some kind of just, like, little, like, nudge to the player because Kojima wants you to be aware that you're playing a game. And sometimes that's important to the game, like, the interpretation of the game, and other times it's sort of just a... Kojima feels like the game should be taken as its own thing, as, like... You're playing a video game. Do, do you like Metal Gear Solid 3? Like, remember <laughs> that you're in a game? Let's bring in the theme music while you're climbing this ladder. as like a joke to remind you that you're playing a game and give you a chuckle. And we're also keeping it, like, geographically consistent. So there's, like, a reason for all of this in this holistic package that is a game. Yeah. The way that this game is made is the it's they do the same type of things, but they take it from the complete opposite perspective of you are playing a game, but they want to layer everything like every layer of artifice that normally makes up a game is in the game for a reason it is repurposed and repainted over to look as though it is a thing that your character is actually experiencing yes mm-hmm. you've got the main menu you have those swords the The reason that I was curious about how I knew the story data is because nothing in the menu is ever explained as being anything other than like your character's head like you're yeah. thinking about this
2: Yeah, there is a lot of A lot of... I almost can't think of a circumstance in this game where some tiny little bullshit element that would just be like a menu prompt isn't at least attempted to be contextualized as someone, or like the pods at the very least, trying to make an active choice when they're going through circuits. Right. Probably my favorite moment was right after you start the second playthrough as 9S, uh, when I realized that the game really was recording what you were doing, when you were going through <laughs> and setting your settings at the very first time. Like, yeah, they, like, all, 9S does say, like, this is all being recorded. <laughs> of, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that—that that was the moment when I finally started to take this game seriously, as silly as that is to say. Because the first playthrough of this game, as polished as it was, uh, as much as the themes of like deterioration and sort of isolation and irrelevance were coming through, mm. th- I got overwhelmed with me by a lot of the anime bullshit to an extent that I was just like, okay, this is these are good themes. But pre- pre- presented in a way that I've seen a billion times before, with it seems kind of threadbare.
0: You also are totally baited into that mindset as well. Oh, absolutely. Like, 2B's character design. The... We'll come back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might. Like, it's so not as distracting in this game as you think it's going to be. Yeah.
1: I have completely uh, conflicting <laughs> thoughts on that okay but we'll come back to so that we will come back yes. to that but yeah
0: you're totally baited <laughs> into into this game from the moment the platinum games logo <laughs> comes up on the screen fortunately not preceded by the phrase from your naughty friends at <laughs> uh <laughs> you were just like okay i'm in for an action beat up yeah, dumb game, mm-hmm. and you were treated to something that is not that. I mean, it is still an action beat em up game. There's a lot. There are a lot more cogs in this machine uh, than than it leads on.
2: Yeah, the appeal, even in, in a lot of the final moments, is about character interactions and how you, as a player, reflect upon what's been going on here, especially in like the the final significant choice that you make. Uh, but. Like, it's not like a lot of other dramatic JRPGs where the thing that you're playing for is like, you're going to fight God! Like, there's some (laughs) huge dramatic spectacle that you're going to reach at the end that's going to be your catharsis moment. That's the kind of thing that would be present in tons of action games, especially of that genre. Uh, But that's not... Like, the final boss of this game, while mechanically interesting, is comparatively... Like, it's not the spectacle that you kind of wouldn't be expecting. It's nowhere near on the scale of something like the, the giant ocean salamander monster. Like, I just kind of assumed... <laughs> I, like, as soon as it was hinted, by playthrough, two, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the moon. Like, the, game, the game's going to end when I reach the moon, and I know I have to keep replaying this game over and over again until the moon arrives. I believe well, you're technically
0: correct in some ways. <laughs>
2: is that thing the moon? I mean you're high in the air but you're not moon high no
0: I think that you get shot into the moon if you choose nine s at the end and choose yeah. to go with them I think you're just put into a data bank on the moon okay but yeah, that's I
1: think that that is what happens as well
0: mm-hmm um but the point is, is that the yeah. moon is not like, you're gonna
2: destroy mechs on the moon! <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it's
0: like, oh, you're gonna go to the moon for, like, eternal oblivion. And- yeah, it's the complete opposite of the typical spectacle creep that's present in most RPGs. You have. You start out in a battle to save mankind. You later find out that mankind is dead. You later find out that you aren't even like a special robot. You're just like repurposed machine parts. Mm -hmm. And then you again later find out that there's nothing left to actually fight for. You've probably been killing things that have no like that. You're like you're not making an impact on anything. And then you end up killing one of your player characters. The scope keeps narrowing as. (laughs) It goes down to the fine point of eventually the only remaining things that you have any connection with on the planet are two dumb robot pods. Indeed. It's not even like the Batman Gambit approach to a twist where
2: you get to the end and are like, oh, everything that you have done has been part of our master plan. Like, it's more narrow than that. Because what's specifically happening is that you were created in order... To provide this kind of strange evolutionary pressure on robots, mm-hmm. like not in a way that like you've been manipulated, like you had no agency from the beginning. You don't have agency now. You, there's literally nothing you could possibly do, past, present, or future, to really affect any of this. Right. Uh, it, it's. Oh, I really do like it. I, the, the, your, summary of that as as pers- as scope narrowing into the specifically the characters. That and themes that you're supposed to care about in this game is a fantastic way to put this. <laughs>
0: yeah, because because that is that's the plot of the game, and I think that more way more important than well, I don't know. I, I was gonna say more important than the plot. The plot really is what kept me going because like I love this sort of like borderline nihilistic uh sort of like existential narrative that happens where they keep bringing up philosophers and call them bullshit and move on Uh, (laughs) that does happen yeah Uh, it's
1: really like the the narrative of the game just keeps being subversive but like in a very like not obvious way like it doesn't go so overboard that you're just expecting the opposite of everything you expect right? the yeah. whole time. And, like, like,
0: major plot developments are, uh, like, given to you in, in, like, the most non-major ways a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, it's really a lot of, like, significant things are played down to the point that they don't even sink in until, like, minutes later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> While you're fighting, like, a boss or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, they, they, they mixed a more, like, I don't know what... I want to say mature, but I don't think that's the right word. But, like, a more, um... (laughs) Like subtle form of storytelling, but on top of a platinum game. And it's like this weird, yeah, like meshing of things. Like I said
2: earlier, it's because everything about this game that you would expect from a platinum game, everything about this game that's analogous to Bayonetta, is all supposed to be this weird static on top of like the emptiness that you're supposed to be thinking about and caring about. It, it, that's partially why I think it's intentional that by the end of this game it becomes sort of an almost Dynasty Warriors x automatic button press game mm-hmm. where you're just dodging a whole bunch oftentimes getting automatic time slowdowns and tearing everything apart of you to shreds like it's it's literally so you can you don't have to engage on that level and can spend more time ruminating on how much none of the things that you're doing are relevant to anything alive or dead and whether you being alive or dead
0: matters and whether there's anything to care about in the world and all sorts of other great stuff mm-hmm. In that vein, I I want to talk about, like, what the... Basically, the the first major sort of, like, twist that happens in this game, where after the first playthrough, you begin the game again as 9S, and um, 9S is constantly being introduced to these... uh, I believe the game calls them, like, storybook segments, where it plays a little clip of a thing, and also as you progressively like destroy bosses and like get through things you get you start to internalize and realize how early in the game 9s has internalized that robots are not like uh purely a like because in the beginning of the game 9s is always like don't listen to what robots are saying robots can't say things Robots don't mean anything by these words. Well, he still, he always says that from start to finish. He just s- stops believing it or stops caring. But he stops believing it so early <laughs> in the game. And I feel like he does care. And I feel like it ends up leading to, like, the mental break of the third playthrough of the it, game.
2: That's, that was the point that I'm meaning is after right. the break, he doesn't care because he's a sociopath. Right. But, uh, it's, it's, but he has
0: to care. Before that point, for the break to occur, right? So the the thing that this did uh, for me, which I think sort of like sums up a lot of the uh, the the my thoughts on playing this game, especially going in expecting basically nothing, mm-hmm. um, is that playing through the first part of the game, you can be forgiven basically for everything the two B has done. Uh, because you are none the wiser as the player, and then in the second playthrough, you realize that the whole time, to be Nine 9s has been like an active uh, accomplice in this. When like he seems like the kind of person who would rather stop and think about it anyway, mm-hmm. and then I came to the realization that oh, this game isn't a game where the player makes a choice or has an impact. This is a game... In 2018, that was a weird thing to feel. Yeah. I was suddenly like, I'm just doing this, and there's nothing that I can do to stop it aside from turning the game off? No choices really make a difference up until the last one, and uh, you're just kind of along for the ride. That's why the repetition is so important, and it was a, a... out of the context of the narrative, it was a very
2: cheeky and good decision of them to reinforce themes of repetition here. Because when you're playing through the game all these times and going through the same areas over and over again on side quests that are relatively similar uh, over and over again, thematically different and interesting, but oftentimes the actual thing that you're doing is just like running out, getting an item, or interacting with a spot. Right. Uh, that rep- it, it starts Everything starts to blend together that you're doing mm-hmm. in a way that reinforces the themes that you were talking about. It's... Oof. There's... It's so good. It's so good the way that they approach this. I just i a part of me wishes that they had been a a bit more restraint with the platinumy stuff. Uh, only if only to give the game a wider audience, because a ton of people I imagine are going to look at the marketing of this game and uh, look at like even if they they buy in, or play through the first chapter, uh, and get to a point where they're like, okay, this is the same thing as all these other things, and it's not really for <laughs> me. Uh, uh, and they're never really gonna... And they might get hints in, in as the hints that are ever-present in this first game, um, but
0: they're never really gonna get to the meat uh, and potatoes underneath the static. I mean, for what it's worth, uh, the game is mechanically still a beat-em-up from start to finish, Yes. barring its, like, Let's do other stuff moments.
2: Even it's let's do other stuff moments, and this is the reason specifically why I think it's better at trying to do those differences in kindness than like Bayonetta
0: mm-hmm. are all
2: anchored in exactly the same mechanical tool set for the most part.
0: Yeah, like uh, your your for example, your bullet hell ship can still punch a guy. Yeah, yeah, and that was the that was honestly my favorite part about the camera
2: perspective shifts is that they were able to do something that felt noticeably different as a player and what you're going through by literally just shifting your perspective and nothing else not the enemies that you were fighting and not your tool set. it was a strange feeling to go through and know that like something as simple and and really meaningless as going from a side scroller game to a top down game right. was enough to make the to switch things up to that extent yeah
1: and they used the camera shifts in like every type of gameplay is mm-hmm. what made it work so well it's cuz like that you would just be playing as 2B or 9S or whatever and the, it would shift camera while you were just fighting enemies regularly, and then when you're the the Gundam ship, <laughs> uh, the flight unit, That's a, yeah. it will also switch camera angles in the same way. And it all it make it that consistency across the different types of uh, gameplay make them all feel
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they tailor everything around it so well um, to allow for those because. You end up with like the the one that stands out to me, like one of my favorite moments of uh, like visually in the game, which we'll get into uh, we next if we want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, is there's a moment where you're going through the factory and uh, which time the okay, as to be at the beginning at the no the second the okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a moment at the end of the first playthrough where you okay. return to the factory. Um, and you're, you start out onto this, like, catwalk, and you fight some guys, and you're in a 2D perspective, um, is and the, then, is
2: the We Become Gods scene? Yeah, it's okay. right after the first, like,
0: that big whole, fight. That's <laughs> yeah. that whole, uh, chapter, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you go through the first, um like, little grain silo, which I assume doesn't store grain in this <laughs> world. It stores nuclear missiles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you go through that and come out on the other side, and then the camera pans back a little bit, and then you fight some more guys, and then you keep, continue along, and then you keep panning back to the point where you can no longer see your character, and it's just like... Huge silos everywhere, <laughs> and the camera slowly moves along this walkway while, like, you still hit the attack button, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter anymore because, like, you can't see anything that's happening. That whole moment was so well played that they used the camera perspective to, one, allow you to still play the game. Mm-hmm. You can still play this game while it's doing this. And, two, give you this, like, sense of vastness to the space that you're in. Yeah. Continuing to minimize all the occurrences and things that are
2: happening around you. Are you are, did you go into the menu enough to realize that uh, among the many other s- silly references, the the robot uh, that is broken, whose head rolls off, that they're all worshiping as the person who became God, that robot mm-hmm. is named Kierkegaard, of course. No, I actually didn't. Okay, see that interesting. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the other ones. Uh, you you probably you probably knew Angles,
0: the the broken down robot. But yeah, the giant Angles is apparently just like the generic name for the Goliaths, like the big guys with the mm-hmm. the thresher hands. Yes, but yeah. Uh, and, uh, hilariously, the
2: name of the robot that's just a Thresher hand, like the giant buzzsaw arm, is yeah. Marks. Oh, yes, it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. It's that seems thematically appropriate.
2: Indeed, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for this game's representation of Karl Marx to be like a gigantic <laughs> buzzsaw <laughs> destroyer.
0: Be. Yeah, it's like a trench digging arm. Mm-hmm. Industrial tools. Good. So much bullshit like that all over the place. Yeah. Ugh. What was one of the 900 things we wanted to talk more about? Well, the thing that I wanted to say is how that moment of the camera panning back yeah. was such a like interesting, cool, visual moment for me that it almost made me forget how visually boring this game is all the time. What? Like, the game is beautiful, and I think that it thematically makes sense that everything is sort of muted because you're a robot. Uh, And it's like, because you aren't supposed to appreciate the beauty of the world as your characters. Uh, But like, running around through these like mostly empty, garbage-strewn wastelands with the same sort of like grays and browns really just like, Made it difficult for me to like find my way around places because I, I, I was just like so disinterested in what I was looking at. I think you're doing the color
2: green a huge injustice here That's true. <laughs> by neglecting its almost constant I- inclusion in lots of the environments. That is true. I I, wa- I wanted to specifically point out how that th- this is a game. In the in the great and infinite, I assume for the foreseeable future until we figure out how AI works, trend of desolate, destroyed landscapes in video games. Sure, uh, it, it is not just Gears of
1: War
0: brown. It is. It's like... less Gears of War. It's more Last of Us. Yeah, yes. I was
1: going to say that. Yeah, the main city feels like that city from the Last of Us with the giraffe. Right, but it feels Salt Lake City. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah.
2: but it feels. It doesn't feel like that in The Last of Us way, in terms of level design, where well, like, no. you can tell that it's like a beautiful, destroyed, post human being landscape that you're moving through on like a linear path, because a lot of these are open spaces that you have a lot of freedom to move around in. And because you have that much freedom and everything's so empty, it ends up feeling like if that sort of aesthetic was something PS2 games constantly tried. This game is weirdly...
1: Can you guys explain to me why this game feels like a PlayStation 2 game? Uh, I could... Attempt it, uh, Chad and I were uh, having a semantics like debate or not really a debate discussion uh, about um, the definition of like open world game and how people use it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, Chad uh, defi- uh, like referred to the game as an open world game, and I did not uh, because I feel like an open world game is a game with like a completely connected map, like a Skyrim or a Final Fantasy Fifteen or whatever, or The Witcher, and um, and a, and uh, a game like like uh, Ocarina of Time or like Twilight Princess or something like that, where it has like some big zones, but then are like connected by like little trunk paths, like through like some uh, <laughs> some <laughs> mountains or like trunk paths through solid. like a tunnel or something, you know? Yeah. That's like yeah. it's delineated by like a linear path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would not refer to that as an open world game, and like this game has a lot of that and a lot of older. PS2-era games have that kind of world design. Right.
0: And I think that... I think I, that might
1: be part of it. Yeah.
0: While I disagreed with your uh, uh, like definition of open world uh, and consider this to be an open world game, uh, which really, if you don't consider this an open world game, then like my primary criticism of the game itself probably doesn't hold a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Sense of it being like a play. I think uh, Super Bunny Hop referred to it as like this felt like a nostalgic game, and like how it felt like it was a play, like a game from the PS2 Japanese era. Okay, uh, I'm glad I'm not alone in this. Then yeah, okay. And I love you, George, but uh, <laughs> I think that because it is 2017 when this game comes out, there are so many better ways to do open world than this. And I I felt like the just go from point A to point B, you don't have to fight anything. In fact, it's not even like a challenge to avoid things. You just keep moving and they won't hurt you. As evidenced in the scene where you can't fight back and you still can just walk basically unmolested to the (laughs) bridge and die on the other side. Uh, Like, I didn't get a nostalgic vibe from this, probably because I didn't play a lot of the games that this game is nostalgic for. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of found the open world itself to feel a little bare and also didn't look super engaging. What's absolutely bare, it falls...
2: Because this game uses a quest design to structure all of the things that you're going to encounter, which I think works to this game's overall benefit because it allows them to build specific narratives into the quests. Like, if you could just organically find anything at any particular time, it would be harder for them to do the narrative beats in the correct order that you need to. Right. But this is not a game which I think is something, especially in the modern day, that's super core to open world design where you find accidentally things that are cool that happen in the open world. Uh it's it's a game where you're you're going around and you have to go to the place with an intent you have to go to a quest giver first and then you go out to do the quest right. you don't stumble upon anything for the most part. There's very few su- it's like surprises in store for you other than like some of the hidden chest areas and secret weapons. Yeah. Uh, but those are few enough and far between that they feel more like Easter eggs in a PS2 game than mm-hmm. they do a, like natural shrines or something in a Zelda game.
1: Yeah, and like that's another I think that's what started our discussion was I commented on how like I felt like the que- like the side quest system or whatever you want to call it implemented in this game felt out of place for the kind of game it was to me, because I was like, uh, it's got, like, open-world-style quests, but it's not really, like, an open-world RPG. It's It's not like a sandbox. Yeah, it feels like it's grafted, like, that modern quest design onto a PS2 air quotes kind of style yeah. uh, feeling game. For the record, I'm totally with you on the description of the level design, uh, and I
2: would like to propose uh, a, a, a universal description for what we're talking about I here. I would love a term for it. Yeah, uh, big rooms, real big rooms. <laughs> I think it's I think it's the, the big room section like, of design. Like zones? Maybe, but I think even zones implies
0: more space than what we're trying to suggest wait, here. I don't think that, that if, if then, no cli- yeah, if the No Clip podcast oh, I is mean, going like... to coin a term in game design, I do not want it to be big rooms. real big rooms games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not real okay, big fir- rooms. To be fair Like, like Actually designing, like, levels in, like, a like a level editor of, like, an engine, they are referred to as just rooms. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So they are just big rooms. They're just <laughs> real big rooms. That is actually a fairly accurate term. <laughs> but. I don't
0: know. I found, uh, <laughs> it, in that same vein, talking about those side quests, uh, not only did the side quest structure feel... like inappropriate for this game because it feels like an MMO structure. And it also
1: clashes with like 2B as a character. Like she would not give one fuck about doing most of those side quests. Right.
0: (laughs) At least the way that she's like I don't know. It would be, I think it gives would, like a little bit of a yeah. weird
1: tone to the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, she does like have a character arc, yeah. uh, where she starts to care more. But it's more that she just cares about Nine yeah. S than anything else. And, but,
2: and a lot of the problems with that with that character arc is that most
1: of the growth is implied to have already happened off screen a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah, and but uh, it would have, I think, felt more like thematically appropriate if the side quests unlocked when you started your Nine S playthrough. But then it wouldn't make any sense because right. you didn't do any of those things on your first playthrough, etc. Et well, you cetera. do a
0: lot of things differently, and I think it's implied to be like chronologically accurate that you play through the game two times doing exactly the same stuff, but in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also implied, of course, that 2V is a robot that's just supposed to kill 9S over and over again because she's an execution unit. Um, like in that side quest... Um, With the execution unit in the parking garage. And the reason that this all ties together so fucking well, uh, thank you everyone for engineering this beautiful conversation arc, uh, (laughs) (laughs) is that I feel like the side quests, for the most part, were uniformly unentertaining and, like, just bad, (laughs) but almost uniformly had this, like, little narrative nugget that made me happy I did any of the ones that I did. Yes. Mm Yes. Like, every single sidepost was like, go to this location, maybe fight some robots, come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my favorite one that I found uh, was in the forest, uh, where it was, like, this little side area I noticed, like, had a little red dot on it on the mini-map, and I was like, oh, what's over there? So I went over <laughs> there, and there was, like, a little shack... And, like, some animals there. And then, like, a robot, who's just, a, like, a robot ranger, essentially. You have, like, a hood on, <laughs> with, like, a cape. And he's, like, do not hurt the animals. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, like, attacks me. And it was, like, when I was playing his 9S. So I was, like, fighting him for a little while. And I was, like, I don't want to kill this guy. Uh, I think this is an interesting scenario that I found. So I hacked him. Uh-huh. And then that just, like, made him stop attacking me. And then he was, like do you agree to not hurt the animals? Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you agree to not hurt the animals? Uh, <laughs> do you <saw> robot 9S. <laughs> Android 9S. Do you agree to not hurt animals? Uh, and uh, I was like, yeah, I won't hurt the animals. And he was like, cool, you can come back here anytime. So I just made friends with a cool robot <laughs> they It's just so, like, it's so weird. There's just like a robot, like that's, there's a lot of little charming things like that. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. every once in a while you'll hit that little side quest that has something really interesting like that.
2: But it's not the game design component of that that's cool. No, it's not the narrative at all. Nuggets yeah, that you have it's just like
1: it. I, that was completely unexpected. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably my favorite narrative element of these side quests. that seems like an almost universal theme, is how at the end of. Almost every side quest, or at least every that I can think of after playing through the full game what, in four trillion times or whatever, uh-huh. the game forces you to do, uh, is that at the end of a side quest, the character who, you, who you're trying to help is almost universally less happy. Like everyone, <laughs> yeah. no matter what the outcome is. And it's not just necessarily always stuff that's like outside of your control or something or stuff like, oh no, it just failed. You went there and the guy was dead. Like sometimes you succeed in the quest and you like bring them the thing that you want. And then you're like, oh no, they're going to use that thing to like wipe my friend's mind. Yeah. <laughs> you. Like uh, it, everything seems to be getting worse from a side quest
0: component. Yeah, uh, And it, it even like, It functions exactly like that as well through the overall narrative of the game because the side quests, as you progress through the main plot, are more and more likely to have a negative outcome. Yeah. Like, everything that I did near the end of the game was like, everyone who participated in the quest is now dead. <laughs> everyone who participated in the quest is now a murderer. Uh, mm-hmm. This person's wondering why they even exist. This person has, like, an existential crisis and throws themselves off of a bridge. Yeah. It's like, wh- uh... Like, <laughs> it's, it kind of enforces the don't do any side quest thing that I think is the way to make the game enjoyable.
1: Yeah. I actually, I found myself uh, n- do not doing very many of them. Like, um, like my first like two B playthrough, uh, I I did like them at the beginning, you know, like the, you have to do the blacksmith side quest and like whatever. Yeah, uh, and I was like, okay, okay, it's not not bad. Uh, <laughs> These the side quests are okay, and then like I did a few more of them, and I'm like, I'm not really engaging with this part of the game very much. Yeah, and then I just kind of stopped doing them unless they were convenient to do, mm-hmm. and then by the time I started my second playthrough, I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done more of the side quests. Because I feel like I was missing a lot of, like, bits and pieces of the narrative and stuff. And then I was like, exact same thing on the second playthrough. Like, (laughs) I was like, I did some more side quests that I didn't do the first time. And I'm like, oh, not really engaging with this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, I believe at the end of all
0: playthrough is, like, every piece of content that I've touched in this game, I ended with a quest completion percentage of 29%. percent i say, that's
1: probably, like, double what mine is. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I did not do very many of them. And, like,
0: of that, I'm super happy that I stumbled upon one particular one, which was the, uh, the Parking Garage, uh, Memories one. Oh, yeah. Because that one, like, actually gives you some understanding of the narrative before the the, the the twist, the third or fourth twist, whenever <laughs> that is. This game has more twist than Super Hot does. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, where like, if I hadn't done that side quest, I feel like it would have just been like, alright? Exactly, like, yeah. What, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, who cares? <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, the original designation was 2E, or whatever she yeah. says. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh,
1: Ooh, 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 to (laughs) execute yeah um before we move on i just wanted to say about the one thing i really liked about the side or the maybe not the side quests but the main quests and maybe some of the side quests is that like the quest giver will just seem like a generic npc and then become like significant to the plot Right. Like Pascal does. And then um, I don't remember their names. The pink haired. Oh, Papa and Medi- Yeah. Mm-hmm. They become significant in the third playthrough, and you're like, oh. Like, like, I don't know, that that really, like, stood out to me as cool, that the seemingly, like, unimportant characters ended up being important to the narrative.
0: Yeah, and even, like, uh, because like, if you just look at the people walking around in the resistance camp, they all just kind of look like some guys mm-hmm. walking around in the resistance camp. <laughs> they seem similar to guys, yes. Yeah, and, uh, but if you talk to them... Uh, And, like, when they are quest givers, which cycles in and out depending on when you talk to them, they all actually, like, each of these people has, like, a personality. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody thought this out and wrote it in. They were like, okay, this is this person. And then if you do their quest, you can kind of learn more about them. Mm -hmm. Which isn't unique to this game, but it is unique. This game has a unique perspective on how it takes, like, uh, androids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's just kind of treated that way as just, like we're robot like they speak about it oh, yeah. like, we, we're just gonna be sent here to be destroyed and yeah. fight when I
1: first showed up there in the game I thought that they were people right like and not humans. androids yeah and I quickly realized that was not the case but hey, one, one guy likes okay. can you give me some leg parts yeah Any <laughs> leg parts? Oh, I also I thought that the the two people with the robot heads on would end up like doing something other than just like telling you how the game works <laughs> Like, that, that design stood out to me as interesting. I just thought that they would, like, do anything. Right. Like, give you a quest or something. Yeah.
2: There are a lot of little things in this game that never had payoffs, at least from, from the amount that I saw of it, that was surprising. The biggest one for me by far is uh, the, like, terrifying sphere face horror zone in the desert. No, nothing ever happened there no quest that i found went there
1: sphere faced horror zone did you
2: ever literally
0: just like walk around the desert just like try to like let's see how far i can go in the desert uh i went wa- i went Ooh. through the sandstorm and got to the oasis but that's all i that have if you go if you follow the leftmost path like you like if you hunker against the sandstorm on
2: the left side when you're leaving the oasis okay you just go straight uh you know that you know, uh, I forget the, the name of this character. I think it's Emil, the the guy with like the weird face. That's like the no, like creepy the smile. like the
0: near mascot.
2: Yeah, the near mascot guy. Yeah. There's uh, you'll you'll reach a bunch of those heads, like exactly that face, of varying sizes, including like gargantuan ones that you stand on top like
0: buildings, just like in the desert, just together. Yeah. I believe that those actually do have a side quest and an ending related to them. Oh, geez. If my, like, reading
1: mm. is correct. I somehow did not ever find those. Well, they're pretty, they're not super hidden, but like no, you just said you described them as the size of buildings.
2: Yes, but like they're it, not visible. They're in a desert, and right, sand so dunes are like dunes. S- okay. yeah, sand dunes yeah. are like stories high. Right. So you wouldn't see them, and you have no reason to just randomly explore right. or even or go to them for a quest yeah. that I found.
1: I, I always felt like I should explore the desert more, but then did not because it was huge and empty and <laughs> visually really boring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, this is this is the this is like my main complaint yeah. that I found that's like, that's I found the tar real.
1: pit. And the Oasis, and yeah. that was about it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, also
2: because we've talked about side quests for a while now, I want to point out that I did not follow this trend of side quest ignoring. I think my last, I think my completion was like eighty-eight percent of side quests. Oh, wow. good lord! How did you like? I agree with you guys broadly they... on your <laughs> your stance on their quality and narrative utility, but little mechanical utility. Mm-hmm. I was constantly afraid of missing not narrative beats although i'm glad that i got them but weird little environmental beats which seem to be a strange theme in the levels out of this game no matter how many times i kept coming back to these zones and it was a lot of time you go through the same places in this game especially if you do all the side quests right uh it it seems like every i don't know fifth time i'm there i'd actually find something new hidden and surprising Not, not, that's that's not like a huge compliment. It's not like a Zelda situation where you're like, every time you're there, you're going to learn something new about the world that you're inhabiting. No, it's not that. It's much worse than that. It's like, (laughs) it's like one in five times you're like, there's a huge underground section to the, like the opening part of the
1: desert? Like, what is this? I found that immediately yeah upon getting there I was yeah, like there's a part on the mini map that like stood out to me so I walked over to it and looked down and there was like a path and I'm like oh cool yeah. cave yeah. yeah there's actually like three entrances there are to I found thing, a yeah. second entrance later yeah. yeah
2: I kept finding more of those like hidden doors whose meaning I also never got or understood you mean that... like the 9S doors uh, wait, can like... he like hack into those doors yeah, Is that... yeah. Oh, okay if what do they I...
1: have that little thing on them that the chests do that he can open
2: no no no, no not that there's a uh, the doors with the robots that are like I'm sorry you can't oh, open these yeah. doors oh, I yeah. never
1: figured out how to get into this yeah, yeah. me either I kept
0: finding more of
1: those my, my like hidden areas was that, that I've already you, been to you had to go there as like A2 or something but then I never tried to do that as A2 so. nope it didn't just work yeah, as A2 I, so, yeah. I tried it you, hmm. can't. there's a
0: button I assume something will activate the button but I don't know what it is whatever but yeah but the, the point is is that like
2: I was afraid of missing stuff like that where there were actually weird... Because you go to the same environments in this game so many times mm-hmm. that I was like, if there's actually weird hidden variation in these environments because the game did continue to surprise me it just didn't do it very often right. I wanted to experience it. Yeah. So I tried to do every side quest that I could.
1: I felt that pull too, that there were like... I could feel it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like while I was playing the game that there were like cool environmental storytelling details, but they were like so far and few between and hard to notice that I just, like, I felt pulled in two directions. I was like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> but then I could kind of do... It could be cool. Yeah, it yeah. could be cool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Potential coolness.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got caught up in sort of a, a, the eventual, like, I just got drawn along by the main game so much that it just never really yeah. occurred to me to even Same. try and find that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But, 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 we're going to take a break. And then when we come back from break then we can start talking about some
1: of this other stuff. Like butts. <laughs> oh, you can about yes. butts. Good. We'll yeah. definitely talk about butts. I have a lot. Stay tuned! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
0: back from the break. Uh, where we talked about very classy and important things. Only. Um... And now, we're going to talk about butts. Uh, or, we're going to talk about character design, mm-hmm. and how I thought that at the beginning of of this, I mentioned that I felt like 2B's character design was actually not distracting uh, in a way that I thought was unique to this. Uh, but I guess you disagree.
1: Yeah, on the Bayonetta episode, I had talked about how the... Choices with, like, how they wrote the character and the character's personality of Bayonetta um, went a long way towards making, like, the sexualization of the character, like, palatable to me. mm mm-hmm. Because um, she's, like, very much in control of her sexuality and everything. Yeah. And is like, a dominated. It's, like, it's thematic to the character.
2: Yeah. yeah, it wasn't even palatable to me for Bayonetta. Like, I was, like, I actively enjoyed her characterization.
1: Yeah. But in this game, like, Tubi is, like, a like commander combat units with like no personality and she's like a sexy anime robot in like a like a maid maid is like the a, kind of, of like part. a maid dress but almost like she looks like she's going to a masquerade ball or something right Mask uh, like including. it's like it's it's a nice character design i mean apart from the fact that the dress has like a slit that goes like up to her stomach on the side of it and it's so short that, like, you don't even have to move the camera at all. Just, like, when she runs, you just see her ass. There's that great moment during the wh- the finale of the second playthrough,
0: because <laughs> you're controlling 9S, uh, but 9S gets, like, fucking obliterated at the end of it, <laughs> and she has to kill him, and uh, we're sitting there watching it, and Andy was just like, can you, like, Move like, do you have control? Because like, like, the yeah. angle was weird,
1: it's yeah. It's the, the second time when you're a 9S, right? So you know, 2B is walking over to you, yeah. And yeah. I was
0: like, okay, so this is weird. I this would be a thing that I'd be able to control. So I tried like moving the control stick, like 9S doesn't do anything. I moved the right control stick, and the camera just like serendipitously just like, went and the whole screen. 55, <laughs> glorious, high dynamic range, ultra HD 4K <laughs> image of 2B's S just
1: appears yeah. on it's, the TV. It's just so weird. And she's like wearing like a thong. Like yeah. It's, just it's like, like a white bodysuit. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But like, it's like when you remove that element of like her being a dominatrix is like part of her character, like mm-hmm. with Bayonetta. And it's just, like, wish fulfillment. She's, like, basically a fantasy sex robot for whoever, like, designed her. Exactly. Yes. This
0: is... You can't remove the human element because I think what they're going for, and albeit, this is the most... Like, if we're talking about this as a value judgment generally, I think, obviously, it's being done to cater to the predominantly male 18 to 24 market that video games are typically marketed toward. Yes. However thematically in game I totally look at the robots we have now yeah. 50% of them but are like, sex robots you, <laughs> the other you, ones assemble and, your but car but she's
1: supposed to be designed for combat <laughs> and, and she's like, in high heels and a dress
0: she really knows her way around those it's high like, heels like, though she's in friends to like 40 miles an hour
1: yes like in, like in the tutorial get you a girl that does both yes get you a girl that does both but um Like it's so egregious, and like in the tutorial, she's like, she's like a set up to be like a higher ranking member of like the military, Mm -hmm. and like she's like flying in like with the special forces and her like Gundam flight unit, Mm -hmm. and then she like crashes it and jumps out. Then she's in like a sexy anime (laughs) dress. Yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense at all. This is correct. And then it's so, like, it stands out so much to me that it feels like 9S should have assless chaps on or something. <laughs> like, like, I mean, even like A2, who is not wearing a sexy dress, like, it feels like they took special care and effort to, like, how her ass was modeled and how it looks while she runs. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Uh... Because, like, 90. Whatever percent of the game, probably ninety nine point nine, mm-hmm. you're—it's a perpetual upskirt of two B while you're playing. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's uh, so much
0: open world running where you do yeah, nothing just, to do. You're just looking
1: yeah. at her ass the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, say, I, I did defend two B's design because I didn't feel like it was particularly distracting. A two is in the opposite boat. I feel like A two is just like an ass machine. <laughs> like she exists only. At, like she—they were just like, what would happen if two B just wasn't wearing a skirt? instead.
1: Yeah, like, she's, like, just dressed like she's going to the gym or something. She's, like, she's got those little shorts well, and, like, a tank top. No, 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 no. Everybody has the same, uh, like,
0: uniform, we're gonna call it, in, <laughs> despite our best efforts not to. <laughs> uh, despite that it obviously isn't a uniform. Yes. Um, and I think she, she cause she has the, the same, like, uh, like, stockings that Tooby wears, but, like, doesn't have the boots, and she also is wearing, like, I think the bodysuit, but torn. Or You've got to zoom in on her, because this is actually interesting.
2: 8.2's uh, design, uh, in, the, in the realm of how do we justify the inclusion of a ludicrously sexualized character design? Correct. Uh, hers She falls in, like, the quiet angle of, like, extreme sexualization, extreme levels of justification for it. Okay. Uh, and that is, if you zoom in close enough... Almost, because they're all, you know If you look at the androids that are destroyed in the ground They're mostly decayed and are now like the equivalent Of what would be skeletons if they were human You can see lots of the exoskeleton That's sort of this like grey color And lots of these like black internal parts and shit Yeah Uh, A2 looks like she's wearing lingerie But uh, is in fact If you look very closely You'll notice that it's that That's uh, underneath of her skin That like those are like parts of her That have ripped off And that those are like the Mm -hmm. internal components that are broken. And that that, that it's like underneath her skin is the black part. And it just, you know, coincidentally looks exactly (laughs) like lingerie if you zoom out from it. I know this because I was was in Huntington. I was playing this uh, with Rachel... Uh, and so like i like for the whole, for the whole time while i was just going through and doing stuff so you know she's sitting there was just like why is there just like a nude woman on screen literally constantly <laughs> and, I, and i got and i had the wonderful
0: moment of being like well actually that's really her internal robot flesh yeah. uh, i was very funny you just funny. have to mansplain the uh, indeed yeah just the, the sexy robot i got girl. A, i got to lean into it really hard and happy yeah. but and my huge butt
2: on all of this, because we have... is a huge butt. Yeah. <laughs> We've deservedly <laughs> been ragging on a lot of these decisions. There are two angles to this that they tried to use as justification for the inclusion of that model. And it's, it's like I said, it's... it's a very pretty character design. Like, yeah. the, the box art for this thing, for this game, is something that I legitimately think is, like... It's very close to my perfect nerd aesthetic. I need to come up with a name of this. I think... Some, I think I talked to a, a guy that you guys don't know long ago, and he called it Motorcycle Chic, and I don't know what that means, because I don't know anything about fashion. Right. But, it's called uh, kind of
0: Chic as well.
2: Sure, that's whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> the... Uh, uh, but... Uh, Like, it's so close to what I would, like, want as, like, this, like, perfect nerd design of a thing, and they've slapped on the sexualization
0: on top of it to make sure that the ass is ever-present. So, hold on. Just to, like, be, uh, like, as as holistic about this as possible. Yes. The the box art of this game is uh, 2B and 9S... Oh maybe we have different The thing that I'm picturing is them standing on the big pile of broken robots yeah and 9s like kind of hunkered down underneath of it and uh, and like 2B standing up there with the sword like just standing straight up I'm thinking I'm thinking of the one that's uh, 2B holding 9s and A2
2: looking like an animal in the background.
0: Oh, I don't think I've seen this art. Whatever. I've seen the one that looks like it's an homage to the original Doom art. <laughs> Whatever. We're talking about art on a podcast. That's fine. It's fine. It's important. It is. Yeah. But but
2: they're all beautiful, and I have complete faith that they're all mm-hmm. really gorgeous. But uh, there is no narrative justification immediate, like, immediately for what anyone's wearing or why she would wear it. It makes this no sense. This is the
1: cover art. Oh, okay, thank you.
2: But there's thematic and tonal... There's, there's two thematic and tonal things they do with it that I think are interesting. One's a lot more subtle and I think less meaningful than the other. The first, I think they try and use it as a way for you to subtly dehumanize the character. Like in a very I mean,
1: literal subtly. way. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, here, objectify her. <laughs> By the way, she's a robot, so it's okay. We can it...
0: even use 2B <laughs> if,
1: if it should please you. God damn it.
0: <laughs> whatever <laughs> we're agreeing with your point yeah you are you are
2: the reason I was calling it Tuttle is because there's no there's no reason in the game that they're that they're explaining this there's no entity that would be like we want to dehumanize them by right, making right. them sex if robots. it was a Kojima
0: game yes, there would
2: be exactly but there's not good example of the distinction between these two
1: crazy person auteur styles <laughs> uh and, and, but this, and the second thing is something that I'm sure we're... Is that what you were talking about? Yes. The day one edition cover art? <laughs> that might be it. It's whatever comes up on the PS4 when I get to load the game. Oh, yeah. this comes up on the PS4 when I load the game. Same for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Weird.
2: Weird. But anyway. But oh but the second thing is something that I'm sure all of us are aware of, which is so that there's payoff to the do uh, you want to fuck to be line which I do think is sincerely an excellent line. And that may actually stop to reconsider that, like, there are, might actually be deeper reasons for her character design and all of the uh, Yora character designs looking like this.
0: Because 9S is supposed to have, like, this arc where he falls in love with 2B. If you'd call it love. He's... It is, do androids dream of electric sheep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. But yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah,
2: there's, it's to pay off that there's something there later as 9S continues to be the most advanced, most humanoid-like robot that he's possessing the same kind of strain. It's throwing in your face, like, the weird primal feelings that having an ass in your face is supposed to <laughs> constantly listen that, like, no one will ever talk about in media. <clears throat> right. It literally is just like, you want to fuck this thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I <laughs> loved that moment, both as a part of 9S's character design Uh, and
1: just as the player going through this game, just being like, whoa, I didn't expect you to address that. I also really like that moment, but I don't know if I want to give them enough credit (laughs) <laughs> Just say that they like planned that out ahead of time, or if it's something that they were like, "Oh, we can do this mm-hmm. because we have like a super sexy character running around all the time." Right? <laughs>
2: it's similar to what given I said, their
1: track record. Uh, <laughs> true. It's
2: similar to what I said in the first half about the, the game's themes of repetition being used well.
0: Yeah. It is worth <laughs> noting, by the way, that this is not like a Hideki Kamiya fronted game. Like he did mm-hmm. not. He was not like going. No, 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 no. Higher. Like, (laughs) yeah, that dress is not short.
1: (laughs) Like they had like like tights on her, and then he was like, "Can we get rid of? Yeah, you take that down. Yeah, can we get rid of the tights and like put a thong on it and make the dress short? Right. And then he leaves. That's the only thing. He came to the studio once, working on the game, and that's what he did. (laughs) I'm going on lunch, and then he just never came back. <laughs> he took a screenshot and then like went, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> never returned. Speaking of 9S and assless chaps as yes. a
2: huge backreaching and present <laughs> tangent, did you guys ever find and purchase the dress module from email? No, I didn't. There's a thing you can do that unlocks like alternative costumes for the characters. Right. Or it's like like a little robot. The pod will put up like a hilarious little screen and they'll change. And But every time they change, I I've never done it with 2B, so I don't actually know what hers even is. But, because uh, you only get it in at least I only found and interacted with email on 9S's playthrough. Uh, but when it, it literally just, it takes some article of clothing off of the characters and it's very minimal for both ni- for both 9S and A2 because A2 has literally one piece of clothing to remove which is that weird Shaw thing on her stomach and right. it doesn't really make much of a difference to the design but 9S 9S's version of the dress module is you take it off and he just removes his pants <laughs> he, just doesn't, he has the weird like huge anime overcoat thing that sort of functions as a pseudo dress without right. the context
0: of the pant shorts, <laughs> so they just remove the pant shorts, and it's really great. Uh, I do
1: love that Nine wears shorts though; like it's mm-hmm. very amusing. And like it, a... it could. I think it serves to make you like not like him in the beginning. Like I <laughs> jokingly referred to him for like the first couple hours of my playthrough to him as, like, 2B's bitch boy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, like, yeah, and I think that's the way they want you to see him. They yeah. want to infantilize him. They oh, want him yeah. to seem unimportant and not really a yeah. big of a deal. And then, then by the end of it, he's, like, easily my favorite character. Yeah.
0: I don't think I have a favorite character. That's something I'd have to think about. I don't think any of the characters are in this game, I truth be like told, <laughs>
2: are actively good in either a moral or, like, as-character sense. I... No. I
1: I would agree with
2: that. Yeah, it's the it's it's the themes around the characters that really make me like everything that's going on here. 9S does the
0: most for the story. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. 9S's development is by far the most important because he's the closest thing to a human being that exists here, and he has most of the pieces to the puzzle. So you can see how assembling the puzzle destroys him. Mm-hmm. But well, he's he, still a crazy person who does things that make no sense.
0: If you want to... Uh, yeah, if we're done talking about butts... Which I, know. I think we are. I think, yeah, yeah I, th- I, th- I think I've gotten the butts off my chest. Cool. <laughs> That's good. They good. call it it's like sleep paralysis. <laughs> Somebody's sitting on your chest. I'm glad we got that off. Now you can. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, they were at, like. Uh, I remember. Because you go through this game so many times, and uh, I played so much of this in the presence of Andy that, like. We ended up making the same jokes, like, over and over again, yep. because the same moments would pop up on screens. So, like, the dude was like, uh, like, oh, is this death? Uh, I'd be like, oh, I hate it!
1: <laughs> death sucks, it's the worst! I made that joke, like, five times, because, like, that scene yep. plays out. And, like, the part where, I, that we mentioned, where it's like, you wanna fuck 2B, don't you? It's like, Chad was like... Oh. They read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> this game is great for making
0: the exact same joke over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna move past the butts because it's just gonna it's gonna devolve into that. Yeah. Um The other thing that makes you hate 9s uh, is that 9s is not fun in this video game <laughs> to play as. You really missed the loss of the heavy weapon attack that much? Oh, the fact that it goes from a hack and slash game with combos into a game where it feels terrible to use your weapon and is more efficient and better to take a break from the game to play a different game for three seconds. Watch a screen come up. Play game. Screen goes away. Mm-hmm. Time slows down. It's it just like for me, anyway. Like the added like salt in the wound, where they are like, hey, watch this guy explode for like a like a like a second and a half of just like burr, burr, that's uneventful and usually doesn't even kill the thing. Uh, makes 9S feel super terrible to play. I think he's great. Uh, in boss fights because they do interesting things with him in boss fights. Yes. But in like ordinary combat, he just made me want, like playing as 9S made me want to avoid combat altogether. I also liked 9S as a boss. The, yeah. The, oh, yeah.
2: Using yeah. his hacking minigame as a way to like break up the monotony of the combat of that final fight was, right. I thought, a really interesting, cool, and thematic use of that. But yeah, in overworld travel, and when in your average everyday, like, side quest fight, it's not particularly interesting. Although I did one thing that I think overall made combat a bit more interesting for me and that I learned later is just, I think, in part what hard mode is, uh, which is I stopped using the lock-on feature.
0: Oh, yeah. Lo- hard mode turns off the lock-on. Because I noticed that when you when you lock
2: on to enemies that are far away, there's a spread to your bullets, and when yeah. you, lo- and when you mm-hmm. don't lock on, there is not. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was a fun small challenge for myself to try and learn how to manually aim the bullets. Right. That seems like it would be make you better at everything long-term. Uh, and so I had an extra level of engagement of trying to literally aim what I was firing as Dyness while I was doing all the other stuff. And that was enough for me to not really devolve into it. If all I was doing was what I was doing during the 2B playthrough, where I'm mostly just trying to execute combos and then had the combos taken away from me, then it there just wouldn't have haven't been enough there for me to even go through as many side quests as i did
1: i've never been somebody that's like gotten a lot of enjoyment out of like performing combos in right. a game so like it mostly just kind of felt the same to play as 9s for me instead of like switching between two buttons i'm now just mashing one mm-hmm. uh but um now i guess it was a little bit less satisfying to play as him but i th- like, in the combat, but I think the game itself, outside of the combat, is more enjoyable as 9S because it made... I think the side quests made more sense from 9S's perspective and also it feels the most satisfying to play as him because he has the most understanding of what's happening.
0: Sure. I think from a narrative perspective, you're spot on. I think that 9S... as, like, a character from the beginning of the game to the end is the one that makes the most, like, narrative-consistent sense. And uh, is generally, like, I'm really glad that the dude's in the game. And the hacking games are actually fun yeah. the first couple of times, but eventually you're like, oh, this one again, cool. I stopped caring. Really? Like, I lost them so infrequently that it was just going... It made combat really, really trivial.
1: Yeah, and it it is... You know, all jokes at Chad's expense aside, like, it does take a lot of time to jump in and out of the hacking minigame every time you want to attack a different enemy. Mm -hmm. Like, it does get super tedious. Though I
2: recognize that the hacking minigame was by far the most, like, overall time effective way to do and I see how it's if you used it for regular combat, it would get annoying to constantly hit the different screens that you have to go through. Like you know the old the old jokes that seem to be so in vogue now in the like in video game discussion space of like, how much time did you spend watching blank in why? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, uh, I I
1: that, think that's
0: an important. I think I, that I feel like it needs to be called out because we have so many things in games now that are just unskippable nonsense that happens all the fucking time.
1: But. There is a, a there are some instances where it is appropriate to point it out because it is egregious. Right. But people, it's like a thing now that people point that out all the time with shit that doesn't matter. That's fair. Everything like, in moderation. For like sure, someone pointed out, like how much time it takes to load in and out of the shrines in Breath of the Wild, and it's like that doesn't matter because it doesn't feel like anything when it's happening, and
0: because the game it's such a small percentage of the total yeah. game time as a whole. Yeah, mm. like
1: people do that shit all the time
0: which is true of the of the hacking mini game screens as well yeah. it's, it's a very small percentage of the time the problem is even though it takes longer to kill an enemy as to be using a cool sword and a cool axe and you have a good time it's engaging like, if, I, if I'm just looking for the shortest time, I buy the game, and I put the game in a garbage can. <laughs> yeah, I spend zero seconds on the game, and look, it was the fastest game ever. I was done with it immediately. But I want to be having an enjoyable experience, and yeah. it's fun to fight things with a cool combat system. It's not fun to sit while the screen loads. And toward that end, while... Uh,
2: I In the same way that I stopped using the lock-on feature after, like, mid-second playthrough, mm-hmm. uh, I also in normal combats where i'm not against like one huge thing i just didn't use the hack i just like in normal enemies i just never ever use the hack unless i thought i was going to be hacking an enemy where the hack would be difficult or might let me experience something cool. So like the huge arm guys, for example, and like the feet stompers, I would hack those guys. I'm sorry, huge, oh okay, like the the tall like the iron the, giant yeah. guys who yeah, so yeah. do the helicopter yeah. thing. Correct. Okay, yeah.
0: I don't know who the feet stompers are.
2: But. They're th- those guys but they have the, instead of having big old arms, they got big old feet. And they uh, yeah, they okay. switch. The
0: ones with like the electric. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah gotcha. I Excellent. would hack stuff of that size and pretty much nothing else in the, the
1: overworld. The, when you hacked things though, like it did like an AOE explosion when they died yeah. so, like that was just too tempting right. to use all yeah. the time also
0: you saw my chipset for <laughs> the end of the game mm-hmm. that wasn't my my two, my 9S chipset because in the 9S chipset I loaded up on the things that make the hacking deal more damage and persisting damage over time so the hacking would actually kill things way faster because I never wanted to spend two hacks on one enemy because it takes a long time Yeah. the problem came in arena fights because I wasn't fighting things in the overworld anyway Come on, you know me. Uh, <laughs> I uh, well, I was fighting things like I killed the big boss but there's still like nine robots running around. And you don't want to just sit there and like with your shitty single light attack that depending on the weapon could just be fucking terrible. Uh, I don't know. I just I would rather do because the hanging things faster but also less engaging. You, you said that you, you do
2: like that it was the repetition that got to you, not the nature of the game itself. You, you, you oh, yeah, that, I thought it was
0: dope as hell.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I liked the amount of variety in
1: it, and I liked how hard they were, mm. at least for me. Uh, see, I thought there was, like, nowhere near enough variety, and they weren't nearly as challenging as they should have been either. Maybe I'm just bad at bullet holes. <laughs> I, I thought it was gu- a good variety, like, but I also didn't yeah, think Yeah, see, I, I feel like you see, yeah, it feels like you're seeing the same ones over and over again. And once you've done them, like, a handful of times, they're just easy.
2: How, uh, we already established earlier in the cast you did not get here.
0: How easy was the second tower for you, Chad? Second tower was the hardest part of the game for me, I think. Um, I mean, depending on, I guess, how you classify it. I never died, obviously. Let's say, how many times did you have to repeat a single hack in that tower? Uh, It's really uh, depends. The first two, or the first... How many? Are there three floors or four floors? Yeah, it's like three and one floor with nothing on it, which was they happened a couple of times in the tower. Okay. It was weird, but uh, so I didn't die on the first one. On the second floor that had two, yeah, I think I I lost like once. Um, on the third floor that had three, uh, I lost like four times on the first one I did, and then like seven or so on the third one I did and like a million times on the second one it was like I was so frustrated by the end of that thing but it felt really good when I did finally beat it um except I hate the the inclusion of like the gray plates because the gray plates just like eat bullets and they put more than one of them in front of the little pathways in that one, and that was the one that I had the most trouble with. Because the one you go in, you blow up the two things, you go out, you skip the middle one because there's nothing there. You (laughs) go to the third one, you blow up the three things, then you go down the stupid hallway with all the gray plates that takes a million years to get through, and then you get to the end of it, and then there's a thing that like shoots out some shit, and then you blow that one up. So I kept dying on that one Uh, because all the walls are red, like, damage walls, and I would bounce into the walls. Sometimes, if I didn't destroy all the plates, which I didn't, because it took a fucking million years to do, I would go to leave, and I would hit the side of the plate, and it would just go, like, carry me into the wall with momentum, and I would take more damage. And I'd be like, God damn it, and, like, fucking smash myself into the wall two times to start over. And eventually I got through that one. But other than that one, I thought they were pretty okay. (laughs) I was using...
2: (laughs) the tower examples as like i was including them in like the general happy mini games like i thought because i only ever played the difficult hacks ever mm. that uh, even though the game generally was a little bit easier than i would have preferred it to be uh, it scaled up in difficulty at pretty much exactly the curve that i wanted it to i, I was i'm going to say i succeeded at maybe 75 percent at all hacks that i attempted in the game including easy, hard, whatever. And that was exactly the percentage that I kind of wanted it to be at because everything still felt tense. Uh, And that's, you know, your experience may differ. This is all relative to your (laughs) skills at bullet hells of all things. Uh, But uh, I would not have wanted them to be easier or harder. I would have wanted the general overworld encounters to be scaled up to that level. But on this discussion of mechanics, you've mentioned a couple of different times, like just repeating light attacks as this guy. How much
0: did you guys experiment with alternative weapons than the swords? What do you mean than the sw- I
1: used... Uh, every weapon that I found, I used at least once. Same with you? No. I... First, I, like, got, like, from the blacksmith or whoever, I got the beast lord, like, yeah, great sword. Mm-hmm. And found that, like, it felt bad to me. I didn't like the feel of the heavy weapons very much. So... I then, when I found the spear, I used like her default katana and the spear for a long time until I went back to the tutorial area and found the sword that she uses in the tutorial, like the big heavy katana, mm-hmm. and I used that and the spear the rest of the game. I liked that weapon set. So I did not experiment that much.
2: I we- don't think this game had enough variety in the mechanic set of the weapons that you used to justify the experimentation. I, you have apparently experimented more than any of us. Well, it also depends because you did
0: all of the side quests, so you probably had, I think my total weapon count was like 56% at the end. I was like in the 90s or something. yeah. So you also had more weapons. Like I used every one of that 56% of the weapons. Yeah. But you may have just incidentally used more than I have. Like, like...
2: The weapons were homogenized, at least from my perspective, enough, not totally, and I'm not claiming they were totally, mm. uh, but to a perspective where I mostly couldn't tell the difference in the middle of a fight what weapon I was using, unless I was using like, light or heavy attacks. Mm. Right. Uh, the one and only time that I, other than just experimenting and just testing, where I actually used a different weapon more, uh, was by like third The third chunk of the game, in 9S's sections, I used this, like, pair of, like, angelic boxing
0: gloves. Yeah. The fist weapons are actually pretty fun. Yeah. I just felt like they didn't do enough damage to justify using the rare occasions where I'm actually attacking with 9S to use them. Um, Yeah. I
1: found the spear to be, like, the most, like, enjoyable weapon and the most different feeling one to use for me.
0: What
2: was different from your experience with the spear and the sword? The
1: spear had, like, a sweet combo where you would, like, like jump up and, like, throw it into the ground and, like, spin, spin around it and, like, use the heavy weapon to, like, do a, like, a cool... AOE. Twirl AOE thing. attack. Huh. And it had some stuff like that where you would, like, Dragoon-style, like, jump up in the air and, like, slam down with the spear. Yeah.
2: If you didn't find it, there is literally a dragoon spear in the game. Oh, I did not find it. Yeah. I don't, one, I, don't I
1: don't know what
0: a dragoon spear
2: is. The so. one with God the...
1: Chad,
0: you're so inexperienced with JRPGs, you piece of shit.
1: But uh not know what the, the one are. that you find early on, like in the sewer with like the face on it yeah, was yeah. the one that I the like mm-hmm. the is it called the angelic spear? The it's like, the the virtuous, the virtuous contract, I think yeah. is yeah, the Yeah, whatever the that white
2: one. version of the, the, the cycle of white yes. and black weapons yeah. for the spear. Yeah. Yeah. I used the
0: That was my favorite weapon. The on uh the what the katana that you get in the um tower segment uh that's called like uh it has just like a one-word name i thought it was interesting enough as like a, a piece of lore weapon what what tower segment in the the in i think it's in the hacking tower um, as 9s you get a sword in the hack yeah one of the chests has a katana in it oh
2: yeah I remember this now
0: yeah yeah and I liked that one and ended up using it and the uh the like halberd spear as him mm-hmm. but like, the the weapons on 9s were mostly decorative for me mm. um the I ended up settling on for both 2v and uh, a2 because they have like the same move set um the like the old world sword, like the one that looks like the, like a giant knife with the, the big thing taken out of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then just various small swords, like the little thing. And then usually on my second weapon set, uh, was the machine ax and the, um, one of the spears. And the reason that I bring this up is because really the beauty of it, and one of the reasons I don't like playing is Nines as much is that you're able to, as, uh, the, female like combat units you're able to like switch weapon sets mid you can do it with 9s but i'm not fighting as 9s yeah you can switch weapon sets like in the middle of the fight right that's why Uh, i was asking
2: yeah yeah, it's fucking great as a d-pad menu system Mm -hmm. that's designed to allow a lot of variety at moment moment play if you want it Mm -hmm. but the game never demanded it from me and i never felt like i was doing much different so I didn't use the missile pod very much. I didn't set I didn't set things up so that I had like varying uh, effects for the pod specials. It took me until the third playthrough until I eventually started actually setting up a second weapon set at all on any of the characters. <laughs> yeah like I, I was just i was never i never <laughs> I felt <did> it immediately <laughs> like i understand like it's
1: there right. it's
2: something but when i'm first introduced to the mechanic i didn't have other weapons to put on it so mm-hmm. i was like yeah i'll get back to this later and then i got other swords that were worse than my default primaries because i'd spent resources to upgrade the default primaries like that old rpg problem right uh and then once i got to the end game was the one time where i had like multiple weapons at fourth mm-hmm. level uh, and it was, I experimented and messed around with them a little bit, but like, I didn't feel like the spears were that different. I was playing a character where I didn't feel like I didn't do a lot of the heavy combos, of the different types, so I didn't mix and match. I don't know, I just never really got there with that Part of the combat
0: system. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I leveled a weapon past two in this game. Really? Yeah, I just never. I, I, I stopped going bad. to the blacksmith.
1: <laughs> I leveled several things to level three, but never got anything to level four. Right. Uh, you have to go to the, yeah. the like a special blacksmith. Yeah. I did
2: a lot of side quests, and I spent a significant chunk, and actually stopped myself, which I'm—I sure will get to at some point—from uh, using the uh, exp up and drop rate up things. I eventually had to cut myself off from those because I thought they were making the game less fun for me.
1: The traveling, I think, uh, salesman guy who goes around the city sells those chips, right? Uh, Which chips? The ones that give you the XP up and the...
2: I just found them at first, oh. I think. Someone
1: and... sells them eventually. Yeah, yeah, buying a
2: chip in this game is bad, normally. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, t- if you're a nerd who's trying to play it like an RPG and, like, just optimizing for the stuff that you do. Uh, you saw my chipset. It was the same things at the highest values I could find. Right. I did buy a few chips, but not that many. I did like that, but by
2: the way, while well, we're just, I
0: imagine we're not going to get too much depth out of this discussion. The chipset system is something I like. I was actually going to mention that because you brought it up as a negative thing right now immediately, where you were like, unless you're some fucking dork who likes to min max your bullshit. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that, I, was,
2: I was being self-deprecating there. The, the, the uh, <laughs> point because that's I actually really really do like the because the game doesn't require it at all. You again it has an automatic chipset button and you get tons of ships and the game can decide all of the numbers for you. Mm-hmm. But I really like the system of you the because oh god I don't it's hard for me to create a, gener- a generic summary of the chip system because there's so many knobs in it. Like sure. there's lots of different differences. Not all of them are just statistical. There are like legitimate differences in kind. You can trade off quality of life, including literal menu functionality, for more combat power if you want to. So there's right. lots of flexibility. The fusion system is nice. The ability, to, as you get later in the game, to just buy higher-level chips is nice. But specifically, the drop system in that there's it seems semi-randomized how good of a chip that you'll get. Uh, if I, I don't know how much you guys mess with it, but the black chips are like perfect chips right and they're like as low of a cost version of that chip that you can get uh so i, I like the ways that you can manipulate fusions and you had trade-offs like i never found myself in a position all game long where i was just like okay this is what i'm going to do forever my build is done because what your build is is depending on what resources you random rolled right. so there's always a chance that you could just like find a strictly better version of whatever you have which frees up slots in your 128 chipset sets And now you get, you know, now everything's broken open if you've got, like, two more free slots. Because now maybe there's, like, a slightly better version of something you already have.
0: Yeah, the the chip set system in this game is exactly as complex as I think one of these can be while I still find it engaging. Mm -hmm. Like, even the Monster Hunter armor set system was, like, a little bit much for me. And I ended up using, like, online resources most of the time to make builds. Yeah, I did the same thing, but I feel like the Monster Hunter system has the additional inertia of acquiring them. It's so much harder to get them. It's also the point of the game. Yeah. So, like, the armor sets are kind of, like, the reward in themselves, and you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. The way that I engaged with this is probably about as you would expect. Um, I didn't... I bought, like, a chip from the guy because I was just... I, I shot the, the guy running around on the... Uh, <laughs> email, yeah. Email, yeah. yeah. Um, and wanted to see what the fuck he was. Saw that it was a shop where I bought upgrades and stuff. Bought something just to, like satisfy my like i've done this and then left and never bought any other chips i may have bought one from devil and pablo just for shits and giggles yeah but most of the time i ran with the exact same chips for uh several hours then i would stop doing something save and go like oh i wonder what chips i picked up and then rearrange my chipset based on that i was never paying attention to my drops. Because I, I never used items, mm. uh, except for... Well, I stopped even using recoveries after I ended up with the the chipset that I finished the first playthrough with, which was like Deadly Heal and uh, a, a Attack Heal, whatever the fuck that's called. Yeah. Uh, which basically made me completely invulnerable to all damage. Yep. Um, eventually found like an auto heal, so I didn't even have to spend resources outside of combat. Yeah. And then I never pressed the down button on the D-pad again. Yeah. Uh, it was just, like, a very sort of streamlined setup. But, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of potential there for cool shit that I just ended up not engaging with because I found the thing that made the game too easy. Agreed. And, that's, and that is something that I'm completely behind. That
2: Specifically, I think the largest problem is the, is the you heal yourself through damage chip. That one, I feel like the 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 band in which that can be engaging in which it's not so such a tiny amount of healing that it's irrelevant but also not, a, not like a high enough percentage that you just kind of auto heal your HP bar almost immediately before you take damage again this, this is had, very narrow this is
0: what we talked about in the Severed episode with their version of the exact same thing yeah um, did you uh, use that chip and uh, by the I as it's like the, as it was becoming a theme when we were talking
2: about the mechanics of this game mm-hmm. uh, until the last level of the game when I was worried about like okay now things might be stepping up I'm gonna try and bring my A game here.
0: Yeah, I intentionally
2: Your A2 game. in my A two game I intentionally tried to not use it because I knew even conceptually before I would ever used the ship like this will ruin this game. It, there's not going to be any point of tension. Uh, although it, that's like the third level of me not having to try and engage with this game's healing mechanics to make the combat fun. Uh, the, my biggest gripe by far, especially in the early game, being this game so desperately needs like a Kingdom Hearts style, you're in battle mode menu control mm. that prevents you from entering the pause screen. The game could do it trivially easy because it doesn't let you pause when you're jumping and doing lots of other contextual actions. Yeah. But at any time, if you're just like on the ground, not doing anything in the middle of whatever fight, you can pause and heal yourself up to full and you have, and you always have 500 healing things. And yeah. there's a chip you can get well, that makes you auto-heal yourself. and
1: You don't have to pause the game to heal in battle. I know, but it's just
2: worse. It's just Is worse it? to use the contextual menu.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think so, but...
2: I mean, it, it takes... <laughs> think of it like... you Imagine if in Kingdom Hearts... Because yes. it's very similar to that menu system. If instead of actually having all the hard boss fights in that game... To scroll down off of your attack button... And go to items and then heal yourself... Mm-hmm. Imagine if instead you could hit pause... And then do that same thing. Where no one moves... You right. don't have to move your character. Nothing's but, attacking but that you.
1: Feels bad. I
2: know it feels terrible, yeah. but it's easily better. Like it's just strictly yeah, better.
0: easily in the boring statistical way. Oh, it is okay. bad.
2: Right, right, and that's why I just had to not do it. Right, and I'm saying like Kingdom Hearts. This game should have a status where, like, like you're in combat mode now, and it could have been cool and thematic okay. to the android stuff that wouldn't have allowed that you to access you out of the
1: menu. Yeah, That's so you that.
2: had to use the item system that this game already has mm-hmm. on the menu.
0: Conversely, I also don't think that I wanted to engage with the combat anywhere near as much. Uh, nearing the end of the game because I was being so like drawn along by the game's narrative mm-hmm. that I just I wanted combat to just be over as fast as possible, to, like <laughs> continue like progressing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the reason I even asked if you use the offensive heal chips is because they trivialize anything that A2 does. Because you can just, in, like, oh, combat, enter berserk mode, and you'll heal off all the damage that you take from using it, yeah. and just like slaughter everything instantaneously.
2: I, I think this game has versions of healing mechanic chips that work well. I really like the auto-heal chips mm-hmm. as, a, as a way to force diversity in, in play, where... You have to, like, if, if things are going bad you and you have to try and heal yourself, you have to make the active decision to, like, disengage from combat. And it doesn't feel so bad because you have all the ranged abilities and stuff. Right. And most characters have some way to try and, like, reach out and touch you with that range with the orbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, I've missed just fucking big ol' orbs in 3D action games that you try and go through <laughs> and not get hit by.
0: I miss projectiles in games generally uh like I mean, slow projectiles you yeah play, yeah guns. like long gu- well that's the thing uh guns in video games nowadays are typically scan. hit scan. yeah so you don't have time to dodge yeah. dodging is engaging and fun being shot from somebody you can't see because <laughs> they pointed a gun nearby you is less fun it's more fun in a multiplayer game because there's engagement there and no like no one has a hit scan weapon that kills you in one hit unless they're really good mm-hmm. but yeah, like I enjoyed playing Doom in the '90s because the in, the fun part was to look at the enemy and then they shoot a thing at you and then you go whoa and you run out of the way of the projectile. Yeah, So yeah, the orbs are great in this game. I think but yeah. I, I like the the
2: mix of orbs you can and cannot destroy uh, because it, it it strikes the right balance between, especially since they're almost always mixed yeah. between like agency over creating your own escape routes. Uh, and also like forcing you to escape and not just random fire always. You should play Fury, by the way. I know I should play Fury. Yeah, it's really good. I feel like it does this well as well. Yeah, I I will 100% get to there. Uh, But yeah, I I loved that that section of the bullet hell mechanics, uh, and uh, I liked certain elements of the healed chips. The chips that I thought were the most important differences in kind to how you actually experience the game, at least that I found, uh, other than really basic stuff that I think all of us use Like the continuous combo chip that you just buy That never seems to drop any different versions of it
0: I've never used it Oh, there's a
2: chip that you can use so that you can dodge and still maintain combos Yeah. Uh, there's uh, lots of quality of life chips That are good, like auto-picking up items and stuff But by far the most important uh, Are the different time-slowing chips The overclock chips And uh, I forget the name of the other one But there's one, there's one chip that auto-slows time Whenever you're near bullets Yeah Uh, I hate those. You hate them? Why do you hate them? Because it slows time. But you don't... You aren't also slowed. I think you're also slowed in the bullet one, but you're not also slowed in overclock. Oh, I never used overclock because I thought it was going to be like the bullet one. I thought the same thing. I like the bullet one because... Although I understand because of the healing mechanics of this game, getting hit by a board isn't that big of a deal. I liked like I liked the intentional and I like the intentionality of it. I liked slowing it down so that it wasn't like a fighting game trying to automatically get through the bullets on instinct, and instead like making intentional choices to weave through these big webs of "fuck you." Yeah, like that felt really fun to me. Uh, but but yeah, overclock is fun because it's the time slow mechanic without slowing you down. And I, I thought the same thing as you for a long time, and then just tried one because I got like a six sixth level diamond one that dropped to something, and was like, let's see how good
0: this is, and it was really entertaining. If you recall, someone here said at the beginning of the Super Hat episode, like, did you just try and play this game in real time? <laughs> that is basically how I feel about. Games generally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't even think about anything that said slow on it. Mm-hmm. I, d- I looked at the things that said fast, <laughs> quicker, yeah, <laughs>
2: and pacing. I was stunned that you didn't have a move speed chip when I looked at your
0: setup. I have a second uh, chipset that is just literally all move speed, <laughs> and the OS chip, like the health bar or whatever, yeah. and then everything else is just move speed up because that I used if I
1: was just going somewhere. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, that yeah. makes more sense. So... Uh, I didn't engage with the chip system like at all. Mm-hmm. I just used the auto sets, and I think this highlights probably like at least in my mind the biggest difference between JJ and I as people uh, <laughs> is that like as a child like systems like this in video games were like super intimidating to me and made me feel stupid. Uh, so it's like still ingrained in me like this habit of like. Uh, like, I'll try to just skirt along and not pay that much attention to this. (laughs) Even though, like, now I have plenty of cognitive ability (laughs) to, like, understand this. Like, I always do that. Like, I won't engage with, like, those kinds of mechanics and systems until, like, a decent way into the game. Like, I'll just try to ignore them out of, like, habit from when I was a kid.
2: Right. This is why (laughs) Offcast, I asked you if Using the automatic system was jarring to you because there are some chips that produce legitimate differences in kind. Like if you used an I had no idea.
1: I don't even know what chips are in the auto chip set. I would hit automatic, right, and then just not even look at them. But like certainly, I have no idea what <laughs> chips I have equipped. But there are some that. chips that aren't just numerical differences. There are some <laughs> chips that are like time slows under that certain conditions. That sounds like no fun to me. Like I kind of on the chad side no 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 no. i am not saying you like you should
2: you should engage with the system okay what i'm saying is was it confusing to you or did the automatic system work in such a way that when you were using it like just sometimes time would slow down and
1: and you wouldn't know why or sometimes your health
2: would start regenerating and you wouldn't know why? no
1: i don't it didn't ever give me any auto chips i know i had some Right. Uh, It didn't ever equip the auto-healing chips or time-slowing chips. That actually
0: makes sense to me from a design perspective, because if you have somebody who's going to use the automatic chipset just as a way to, like, optimize their normal play of the game, Mm -hmm. they probably wouldn't want to, like, throw in mechanics and be like, here you go. It makes sense that they would just, like, shove those under a rug and be like, you can equip these if you want. Yeah. But... If you're just asking for automatic, here's your attack ups, here's your movement speed up, evade distance, stuff like that. Exactly. And
2: that's why I was interested, because I wanted to know if they had foreseen that eventuality, because that, that, it scared me away from using the automatic chipset at all. I only ever used it because I was going to, you know, fiddle with the chips anyway, to see, like,
0: what does the game think is the best thing right now? I never um, clicked on it because I was too, like, enamored by the fact that you had to move the pieces yourself. Oh, the sheet, chi- oh, moving yeah. is such a good decision. So, it's, for some reason, because, like, obviously it means nothing. Yeah. Like, you can just do whatever the fuck you want, just hit optimize after each one, and mm-hmm. it'll just, it works like any other meter. But, like, I kept, like, having this, like, thought of, like, moving my herbs and grenades around <laughs> in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, i had least hit the nostalgic beat for me there, I oh, guess. Oh, God, that's exactly what this is, isn't
2: it? <laughs> yep. <sighs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad the game didn't overwhelm you with random, yeah. notable differences in
1: that, kind. Of- I wouldn't have even overwhelmed me. <laughs> I just have the thought that it's going to, which yeah. keeps me from, like, <laughs> I still haven't gotten over that.
2: I'm sorry, Andy.
0: <laughs>
1: uh I feel
0: like the only other thing that I have specifically that I wanted to mention um was the music and the fact that the music in this game is like took me completely off guard as how good it was yeah especially considering my like only real interaction with platinum is uh bayonetta and my only real interaction with Final Fantasy or er, sorry Square Enix is Final Fantasy and also like Kingdom Hearts and things that we've done on this. Uh, things, we, things we have really forced on you, really hard. Kind of uh, like, and, like I ended up like the world ends with you, right? Has a good soundtrack, but it's mm-hmm. also like super baked into the game's aesthetic. Yeah, uh-huh. and I think that like Final Fantasy does the thing that you expect of a Final Fantasy game. A Final Fantasy game is like a game where they go, "What do video games? What do like JRPGs do? Turn all the dials to the maximum." And the music in Final Fantasy is always that like orchestral, very epic, like. Everything is, is like, engineered to a T to be, like, the most, like, appropriate swells and, like, loud blasts of music when necessary in those games because they're just... It's, like, the most iconic RPG franchise. Coming into this, I was just, like, I don't know. I didn't have any idea what they were going to do. Maybe some, like, weird, like, techno EDM stuff. (laughs) I don't know. I see there's a sexy girl on the cover. That's what I'm expecting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then when it struck me was when I got to Pascal's Village for the first time. Because everything felt really natural up to that point. And then there's this, like, that fucking song for Pascal's Village is so good. <laughs> and it just, like, sets the tone perfectly. And, like, the robot voices come in really clear. And I guess, thinking back on it, the opera singing robot probably should have been the first moment that I, like, had an epiphany about the music. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. It was this other thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was just... uh, And then from that point on, I was paying, like, just strict attention to the music at all times.
1: You mentioned that before I started the game, that you really liked the music. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that made me expect that I would disagree with you. (laughs) I I don't know why. I feel like usually when we do a podcast game and someone says they really liked the soundtrack, I feel like it was, like... Unremarkable, right? <laughs> but that's only but, when like, I say. It. Yeah, you know then, I, say then it? I realized it was only when JJ says it. Yeah, but yeah. It, like I totally agree. Like the soundtrack to this game is like fantastic. Yes, yeah. like
2: the the layering system that they used for this, which I only really explicitly realized how many layers existed once I started trying to interact with the jukebox. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, because that because that's when it puts you like directly in your face when you get to choose every single layer of the track. I'm like, oh my god, everything's intermixing, and there's so many different types and styles? Do you want vocals? Do you want this part? Do you want this heavier part? It's... it's, uh, Yeah, it it hit me hard, uh, but what makes me sad about this, because they chose that fashion, because they made it like a soundtrack that's optimized for a video game, which means you've got to have the soundtrack reacting to what the player is doing and where the player is, and make everything, like, flow smoothly between zone to zone, it's not the kind of thing that I can just, like, pull up the ost of on youtube and just listen to right because there's like a billion different versions of everything uh and you won't get the flow that exists in the game so i can't just have the soundtrack listen and produce the same experience that it does when i'm playing the game which i appreciate for the game but i don't appreciate for my car i want this game to exist in my car
1: Uh, (laughs) we haven't like mentioned this at all yet but um the original near like the game that this is like a. So it's. I think it's a direct sequel. sequel to no, it's a direct sequel. It yeah. is. Oh, well, I know even less about it than I thought. Yeah. This is something I did research. It's something I actually want to play in the future, so don't spoil anything. Okay. But, what um, I know
0: about Nier makes me very, very clear that I do not want to play it. you <laughs> um correct.
1: But um, I know that like the bullet hell thing is in the original Nier, like, where the enemies shoot the orbs at you and everything. Um, but I've also heard people say that it's got a great soundtrack, and I wonder if it's anything like this game soundtrack. Curious as well. Yeah, That's, uh, it, it makes sense
0: to me also why you would di- like assume that you might disagree with me because like if you're talking to like JJ and be like JJ, what's your favorite video game soundtrack? Me? Yeah, Undertale. Okay, and then if you were like Chad, what's your favorite video game soundtrack? I'd be like, probably like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a soundtrack of licensed music. It doesn't <laughs> count. Well, because I don't think about when I think about a video game soundtrack, I rarely am thinking about the ga- like songs that are written for the game, unless it's like Zelda, yeah, which yeah. is like iconic, like that kind of a thing. Because that just isn't my style. Um, but this game like stood out to me in a way that was like massive. Yeah. like I was just like whoa. <laughs>
1: uh the copied city did you love that part of the game we were wondering if this was going to fall under your my I'm my JJ just, yeah. and i loved the intended grave side of you <laughs> my
0: my justification for thinking
1: you wouldn't like it is complete
0: bullshit so i'm excited to hear your whether you like it or not it didn't until the
2: last tower and i love the last tower sequence uh, the copied city didn't get enough attention for me to give it what I think it was capable of. The, 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 I would have loved it if it was a black void. Yeah, if it was, if a, black was a white city. void instead of
0: a black void, <laughs> 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 of course. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, that's like, my. When I,
1: when I first came across it, like you just like go down that elevator and the doors open and mm-hmm. it's just like this white city and I was like. Oh, J.J.'s gonna love this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I,
2: I was very, very excited. And then you
0: walk down a hallway and fight one boss and never come back. Right. And I'm like, oh man, that's wasted. <laughs> I think it was just the, it was the equivalent of the planet with the red salt on it from uh, the, Last the Last Jedi. Jedi. Exactly. It was, they went there because it was a cool visual. You fought a boss. You fought Kylo Ren. What I wanted that scene to be was you go into the white area and it's a big room, like all the
2: other
1: big rooms. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's a big room, room yeah, game. Yeah. 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 But it's a hallway. Like, I yeah. wanted to, like... Did you ever try and go back there? No. Hmm. Maybe there's more.
0: <laughs> I, I, need... did, I <laughs> did try to go back there, and then a voice on the radio went, don't go back there. That's not the right way.
1: Oh, yeah! I probably oh, could have
0: gone back there if I chose but I chose to turn around and follow what the pod told me to do yeah. because I wanted to fucking find 9S or whatever it was. No, no, you did. That's the... where I went to get 9S. Never mind, I didn't go back. <laughs> Fuck that. You, went, you did the right decision uh, by, by listening to the pod's
2: commands because, and I, I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this as one of the possible endings of this game, uh, this game does a weird, oh, I think okay. terrible decision of really rarely, if there's like a narrative reason that you have like have to do a thing, like like if if the if the vehicles show up, if yeah. you just go a different direction, you just get you just hit game over and go back to the main menu. Yeah, yeah, you
0: lose all your progress. It doesn't
2: reload it doesn't reload the game like the like the last and most recent circumstance, like if you fell into the water or something. Like it just boots you to the menu. Does falling into the
0: water yes. kill you? Are you so bad at platforming that you missed platforms that were the size of a football field? No, no,
2: no, no. I literally was. You know that. You know the section when you're going to the to the to the <laughs> uh, the, the, the the like beach open course. Not literally a beach. Cause in it's the, full in of the flooded buildings. city. Yeah, that's it. The flooded yeah. city. Yeah. Uh, you know, how's that that lake to the left. As soon as you get there, off of the teleporter. Yes. I was like, "Wait, is this like somewhere I can walk on?" And then oh, jumped no, off. Okay, and then I just right. died. Okay, and then yeah. and then like a pod dropped me off Mario
1: Kart style.
0: Yeah, I was mostly just clowning that you were <laughs> bad at platforming, that you missed <laughs> those huge platforms. We actually but, yeah.
1: somehow didn't touch on the the twenty six plus endings. Yeah,
0: I guess that's a legacy thing from Near. Like know,
1: they also had that. a bunch of endings,
0: but all of his games have a, a billion endings. Yeah. The Dragon Guard games did too. But this is such a weird implementation of it, because you yeah. do just get booted back to the, the main menu. Yeah.
1: What, I was wondering what you guys thought of it, because initially I thought it was, like, cool, like a cool idea, mm-hmm. but then so many of them seem to just be, like, have no substance to them at all yeah. that it really, like, cheapened it for me. It's like uh, if... 60 to 70% of the
2: Chrono Trigger endings were the one where, like, Chrono, like, what is what is it? Is his name fucking Chrono? I don't even yeah, know. His name yeah, is chrono. yeah, yeah. Where that guy talks. Do you remember that one where, like, all the characters get reviewed? There's, like, one joke ending oh. in Chrono yes. Trigger. I know of
1: that ending. Yeah, the, yeah so. we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah,
0: I'm also going to splice in the part where we all went like, we're not going to forget the name Chrono," <laughs> And then right before you're like, what the fuck is his name, his name <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it's like if, it's like this game is like if 70% of the endings
2: were joke endings. Yeah. Uh, in, in, like, that, in the vein of that ending. I got three track. of
1: them just like completely on accident and it was just like super annoying to have to like jump back into the game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because, particularly, because you got the one where you walk off the crane as 9S. Oh, yeah. You have to do the robot thing again? Yeah,
1: like the beginning of 9S's playthrough, um, after you do the robot oil thing, Mm -hmm. uh, he's like, okay, like, time to go, like, meet up with 2B or whatever. And, like, the flight unit is, like, off to the side. uh, That's what you're supposed to go to, but I didn't see it. And, like, there's just, like, a path in front of you that goes off to the left. So I, like,. Go forward and go to the left, and there's like a terminal, and it's like, activate terminal. I was like, okay. Like, thinking I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, there's literally and a button like, there that And didn't then it like, in like lowers the yeah. crane, and then he just like runs down it, and it's like, and uh, 9S was just like, fuck battle, I'm just gonna leave. I was like, <laughs> that's what I was doing? Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I wanted to fight. <laughs> yeah, like the ending's called, like, something like. Not a fighter, I yeah, think is what it's like, called. Yeah. Uh, it's like okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> which briefly just as like a point of uh, 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 of explanation for my like aesthetic like how much I love this game aesthetically that during that robot section um I love doing things that are like painfully awkward and slow if it is rare and for comedy mm-hmm. and that was a perfect example of it where like you go to like, grab the bucket and like you're as the player go, sitting there going oh this guy moves real slow I hope I don't have to use him for very long and like you get the bucket you fill it up and then you start walking and you
1: trip yeah. and you drop it and it that to only, go the way yeah, back. that only happens if you don't try to walk around the pipe that little pipe yeah. on the ground but who would like, li- I you, did you just yeah. <laughs> And he
0: was one hundred percent immersed. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I
1: actually didn't think I'd be. I didn't think I would trip. I just thought I wouldn't be able to walk over it. So it I just right.
2: Walked it, around. Well, that's the thing. Part of the trick to that section is that when you when you first you can just walk through the pipe just like it's normal. Oh, Who I, cares level. I geometry. jumped
1: over it because he had a fun jump. Which
2: is the other third layer of this, which is if you jump, you just drop the bucket. Yeah, right. I right. also yeah. assumed
1: that that would happen. Yeah,
0: but, it's so it, and like that. I saw was through just, their tricks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that was hysterically funny. Getting that ending and then having to do
1: it again that would, would have no. immediately
0: made it less funny. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, To do it twice. Yep. Yeah. But um, another thing I wanted to just bring up, just a random thought, nothing substantial, was uh, it, is it officially a trope now, the return to the tutorial area for some cool nugget of content? Was that ever not a trope? I feel like I don't ever remember it being a thing until like recent years. Like can you name like a like a PS2 era game that does that or something like that, you know, like a non-current. Well, you know for many reasons why I'm the worst person to ask about yeah. that because why would I
2: remember
0: things about video games? <laughs> I'm going to have like I feel a like it's something deep, I want to think into. about this yeah. because I I do agree that it feels like it happens more often in recent times, but it's also possible that I've just finished more games now than True. I did before
1: uh, because like as like a a trope, I think I like it a lot. Yeah, but I feel like it might totally lose its punch if it becomes too common. Right. Yeah. But yeah, just a random thought I had in this game when I returned to the factory and found what I presume was an old 2B body with the sword yeah, from the tutorial. Into... It was your tutorial body. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, that was pretty sweet. It, it was, was pretty dope. Yeah. Do we have final thoughts?
0: I can go first this time if you would like. Please do. Okay. Um So, yeah, I came into this game expecting to be disappointed. I think, uh, which probably amplified like how much I actually ended up enjoying this game. Uh, but this is one of those rare games that uh, I feel like it's been a while since I've played, where I actually felt like at pretty much all times during the day, I was like, I want to be playing this game until I am done with it. Like, it actually drew me in in a way that, like, very few games do. Like, Zelda, when I was in the middle of the, like... Actual push to play through the main quests of the game mm-hmm. probably was the last game that did this for me, um, and which is a testament to the narrative more so than it is um, the game as a whole. Because, like I said, I kind of disengaged with the combat system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is I like I said at the beginning. I feel like it's probably Platinum's masterpiece, and I would be uh, I would be absolutely amazed if they managed to make a game that I liked more than this one. For me,
2: this game taught me. God, what a fucking horrible thing to say! This is a game. (laughs) This game taught me love. No, no, worse than that. Way worse than that. (laughs) This game taught me why people like anime. Uh, Uh. One of the really got to scrub parts of me after stating that segment on the internet, but uh, and that is that this game shows, for good reason, how much you can prioritize tone, setting, and music, like other elements of your design that are supposed to really amp up how the player is supposed to be feeling at any particular moment, over literal like moment-to-moment narrative progression. Like, how much it matters more for something- for something to still be hitting the same beats but not necessarily having those things be things that make, like, logical sense in a way that, like, a general audience would understand. Like, once you accept that you're playing, uh, like, a, a maid who attacks people <laughs> with swords after uh, and kills a bunch of robots during an alien invasion, but the aliens are dead, and now you're all maybe also a robot, and the humans are dead. What are you fighting for? Like, after you accept all of the nonsense and just... <laughs> Get past it to like the themes of like isolation and emotional de- degradation and existential horror. Once you get there, it's great because everything everything works on that level and mm-hmm. everything wants to make you feel like that if you accept the bullshit. And that's probably going to be my takeaway from this game
0: for a long time. Right. And it's a little little thought nugget that I'm really glad that it gave to me. I do feel like this game. Like, wants that, that artifice to lay over top of it for a purpose, whereas, like, people who derive enjoyment from watching Kill the Kill have to dig pretty deep to get to the stuff. Precisely. Yeah. That's all. It that was just my little addendum. <laughs>
1: uh, my, I said earlier, uh, that I didn't have, like, fully formed opinions of, like, the plot and the narrative and everything. And I, it's kind of like that for me for the whole game. Um, There's a lot of moving pieces in here. Uh, There's some stuff that works like fantastic, other stuff like that's kind of meh. But like overall, like mostly like positive feelings on it. There's like a lot of um, bits of like modern design and like different ways that they pushed like the meta and like the uh, elements of the game and the subtleness of the narrative, etc., etc. That like are just completely uncharted territory for platinum uh and like not super common in a game like this and that really stands out so um yeah overall positive and i think this is a game that's going to stick with me for a while so
0: thank you for listening to noclip this week
1: what are we talking about next time
0: Next week we're talking about Hellblade Senua's sacrifice. Do
1: you mean to say next week or do you mean
0: next time? I do mean next time. We're not expediting this episode (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Until then, you can get a hold of us Uh, at our website at noclippodcast.com, or if you're feeling a little spicy, head on over to splattershot.pro. Woo! Over there you can find old episodes. Uh, You can listen to our one on Bayonetta. That'd be pretty rad. Uh, It's a lot like this episode, except we trashed it a little bit more. Uh, (laughs) uh, You can find our Twitter, YouTube, uh, email, contact information, stuff like that. As always, don't have an ending for this. I'll see you guys <laughs> yeah. later. Yeah. Sailblade. Cell Cellblade. Cell blade. C- cell Twin swords. <laughs> Dark souls. Bloodborne.
2: From software.
1: Shadows die twice.
0: It's our
2: vocal exercise at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> Dark Souls, Dark Souls. Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Chrome <laughs> Software. <laughs> Estes.
1: <laughs> Alright. <clears throat>